You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Today's episode is being brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you. Today is Tuesday, July 13th, and we are now 119 days away from opening night against Dixie State. We got some more scheduling news that came out on Monday. We're going to get to that in just a second as the non-conference slate for Gonzaga, including dates, is starting to become much clearer. Also on today's show, we're talking Gonzaga baseball because they had two guys selected in the MLB draft on Monday, and at the very least, they should have one more drafted later today. So we'll go through all of that, and then we're going to finish the show with the first installment of our What If series, and today's question is, what if Josh Perkins never got kicked in the jaw? Kind of a fun hypothetical to break down. Before we get to all that, though, like I said, there was some scheduling news that came out on Monday, so let's talk about that. Gonzaga's home game against the Texas Longhorns is going to be Saturday, November 13th. I alluded to this date uh, last week on the podcast. I figured that that would be the date where it slots in. Turns out it's going to be the 13th, and it's going to be the first major game of the season for Gonzaga on a national network. That game originally was supposed to be in Austin, but they uh, flip-flopped. Uh, the home-and-home series that they're going to play in Spokane this year and in Austin next season. The Washington Huskies game is going to be on December 12th, which is a Sunday. I thought it would be scheduled on the 11th, and for some reason it's on the 12th. So Sunday, December 12th is going to be the Washington Huskies game. And then a couple other dates. One that we already knew was Dixie State on November 9th, Northern Arizona on December 20th, which we knew. But Gonzaga is also going to play Bellarmine on November 19th. And this was a game that got pushed back because of the pandemic. They did not uh, end up rescheduling last year. So Bellarmine is coming to town November 19th on a Friday night, which is the week before going to Las Vegas to play Duke. And that is notable because the original Empire Classic slash 2K Classic slash whatever multi-team event is being called now. That is scheduled for November 19th and 20th. So if they're playing Bellarmine on November 19th, they're officially out of that MTE. I think that was kind of expected, but I don't know if there was necessarily any official word on that. Uh, But now it is official, now that they're playing Bellarmine on the 19th, that they are not in, uh, right now, any multi-team event. Of course, that is very much up in the air and could change, especially if they play UCLA, and they will play UCLA. I expect that announcement to come really any day now, possibly even today. Uh, They're going to play UCLA. It's just a matter of if they're going to play them in a full multi-team event or if it's just going to be a one-off in Las Vegas. But expect that news to come out pretty much any day now. So this is what we know for Gonzaga's schedule. November 9th against Dixie State. November 13th at home against Texas. Uh, November 19th at home against Bellarmine. November 26th against Duke in Las Vegas. December 4th a battle in Seattle against Alabama, December 12th at home against Washington, December 18th in Phoenix against Texas Tech, December 20th at home against Northern Arizona. And then one other game is confirmed, but not yet has a date, and that is the Tarleton State uh, rematch, or I guess uh, reschedule from last year they were supposed to play. 
Billy Gillespie's team who went 10 and 10 in their first year in Division One last season. So if you include UCLA, that gives Gonzaga 10 non-conference games so far. They usually play 15. Uh, so they're looking for five more games to play. If they do end up getting a multi-team event with UCLA, that'll give them one or two more. So there's going to be three or four more games that Gonzaga is looking to fill out their schedule with here in the coming months. And then one other piece of news here that came out on Monday, and we've been talking about this kid for a couple weeks now on the podcast, and that's Anthony Black, the 6'7 combo guard out of Texas, ranked number 16 nationally now by 247 Sports. He shot up recruiting rankings in the last couple of months. He has officially been offered a scholarship by Gonzaga, he announced on Monday. And then he also did an interview with Pro Insight, and uh, one of the things that I want to read is what he wants in a school. And he said this, quote, just somebody who plays fast and lets the guards go. Somebody who plays in a lot of ball screens and fits the way I play. A team with a winning coach and a winning culture because I like to win. And that, my friends, sounds like Gonzaga. And so this is kind of what I see the 2022 class looking like. They need a big man first and foremost because uh, they're, they're, there's going to be a lot of guards still on this roster after this uh, coming season. Hunter Salas, like I've said, I don't think he's a one-and-done. I don't know if Nolan Hickman's a one-and-done. Dominic Harris should still be there. Julian Strother should still all be there in 2022. So I think the 2023 recruiting class is going to load back up on guards, but I don't think it's a necessity to grab uh, you know, multiple guards of 2022. I think it's going to be Anthony Black is kind of the priority at that spot, but they're going to need at least one, maybe two big guys, and I think that's where they're going to start looking uh, more than anything else. AJ Casey is probably their number one priority recruit uh, in terms of big guys, but there's some others um, kind of lurking in the background as well. If they just had a two-person recruiting class with just Anthony Black and AJ Casey, I think that would be fine. Uh, and then in 2023, which is a class that they're, you know, have a lot more time to actually evaluate, they can go after pretty much whoever they want at that point and kind of reload after, you know, Dominic Harris could leave, Strother could leave, Hickman, Salas, a whole bunch of guys are probably going to leave after the 22-23 season. And that's when they're going to need a much bigger recruiting class. Okay, coming up, we are talking about the Major League Baseball draft. Gonzaga had two players drafted on Monday in the first 10 rounds. They should have at least one more drafted today. So we'll break down who those players were and some of the historic numbers behind those selections here in just a second. But first, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Okay, Gonzaga had two players selected in the MLB draft yesterday. Let's get to them. Number one was Brett Harris, the third baseman for Gonzaga. He was drafted in the seventh round, 218th overall by the Oakland A's. 
And then his uh, left side infield teammate, Ernie Yake, Gonzaga shortstop this past season. He was taken in the 10th round, 309th overall by the Minnesota Twins. Let's talk about Brett Harris first, since he was picked first. He actually transferred in from Houston, which I'm not sure many people know. His first season for Gonzaga was in 2019. He hit 305, and he struck out just 22 times in 151 at-bats in 44 games. He does not strike out much, and neither does Ernie Yake, and I'll talk about him in a second. But Brett Harris could have probably been drafted if there were an MLB draft, a normal MLB draft in 2020, but of course the pandemic shortened the draft to just five rounds. Brett Harris hit 283 in 16 games for Gonzaga before the pandemic shortened the season. And so he decided, as did Ernie Yake, that they would both come back for a uh, an, an extra year at Gonzaga, and they made the right choice. Brett Harris hit 350 for Gonzaga this past season. He had 17 doubles. Uh, again, more walks than strikeouts. 29 walks, 26 strikeouts. He was hit by 25 pitches. His on-base percentage was nearly 500. He was one of the best players in the West Coast Conference, and he was also the best fielder in the West Coast Conference. He won Defensive Player of the Year, and now he got drafted in the seventh round uh, by the uh, Oakland A's. So good honor for Brett Harris. And then Ernie Yake, fantastic four-year player, for Gonzaga, he hit above 300 all four seasons at GU, 322, 302, 338, and then this year uh, in his extra season, he hit 333 atop the Gonzaga lineup. And just like Brett Harris, he walked more than he struck out. 22 walks to just 15 strikeouts this season. And in 697 at-bats for Gonzaga, he struck out just 53 times, walked 71. He knows how to put the ball in play, and while he doesn't have a lot of power, that ability to put the ball in play is kind of rare in today's uh, baseball, you know, three true outcomes kind of thing. So uh, he's going to find a spot uh, with the Minnesota Twins, and uh, he will join his former teammate in the minor league system, Casey Legamina. Casey Legamina was drafted by the Twins in 2019 in the eighth round, and uh, he was a very, very good closer for Gonzaga at his time in Spokane. He's currently pitching in single A. So we'll see where Brett Harris and Ernie Yake end up in the minor league system. They'll probably get reassigned here uh, fairly soon, and we'll see if they start in uh, high A or low A and where they play here in August and September. A couple of historic stats to point out with this draft. Brett Harris, he was the number 218 overall pick in the draft. He's the third highest Gonzaga draft pick since Marco Gonzalez went in the first round in 2013. The only players that have gone higher than him were Brandon Bailey in 2016. He was a sixth round pick, 172 overall. And then Wyatt Mills was a third round pick in 2017. He went 93 overall. And now Brett Harris, 218 overall to the Oakland A's. This is also the first time since 2017 that Gonzaga's had multiple players selected in the first 10 rounds. It also happened in 17, 16, 15, 13, and 11, so it's not unheard of. It's actually the fifth time in the last 11 drafts that it has happened, Uh, but it's the first time in a few years that Gonzaga's had two players drafted in the top 10 rounds, which is pretty cool. Today, they finish up the draft with rounds 11 through 20. There used to be 40 rounds in the MLB draft, but baseball has fewer minor league teams now after a huge minor league baseball uh, realignment over the last year. So there's just fewer players needed in an organization, which is kind of unfortunate for a lot of players that could still be playing. Uh, But Alec Jacob is the name to watch. 
WCC Pitcher of the Year. He threw a complete game shutout over LSU in their regional NCAA tournament win. He threw a no-hitter against Pepperdine. And Gonzaga, as friend of the podcast Andy Patton points out, they have had a really, really long line of successful off-speed pitchers uh, make it to Major League Baseball. Eli Morgan won, Brandon Bailey, who I mentioned earlier, Wyatt Mills, Tyler Olson, Marco, Marco Gonzalez. You know, all of these pitchers do not have a ton of velocity, but use their off-speed stuff really, really well. And that is what Alec Jacob is. To be honest, he should, probably should have been um, uh, picked in the first 10 rounds. Um, but because he doesn't have a ton of velocity, I think that scares off a lot of teams. But he should be picked fairly early here. Uh, on Tuesday. And of course, we will come back on Thursday's show and recap exactly where Alec Jacob went. Uh, A couple other players are all in the MLB draft pool. Ryan Sullivan, Andrew Orzel, Tyler Rando can all be selected as well. So we'll keep an eye out for those names. All right, that's it for the baseball talk today. Coming up to finish the show, very simple question with an incredibly complex answer. What if Josh Perkins never got kicked in the face? Before we answer that, today's episode is being sponsored by Built Bar, the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. If you're not sure which flavor you want, you can get a mixed box with multiple flavors. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health-conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode also being sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. The MLB All-Star Game is on tonight. If you want to bet on that, Bet Online is the place to go. It's the perfect time to get in on the fun with the NBA Finals also in action. You can track all that action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, college football, and the NFL right around the corner, and of course, all of your UFC and MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to championships. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKED ON. Okay, we've been teasing this the whole show. The question's pretty simple. What if Josh Perkins never gets kicked in the face? Where does Gonzaga's program go? Let's set up the scenario here. Gonzaga's Josh Perkins, his freshman year, first year on campus, fifth game of his career. He's playing at Madison Square Garden in the NIT tip-off against Georgia. He pump fakes uh, a shot from the left corner, and Kenny Gaines from Georgia goes flying by him. And instead of just going clear by him and not touching him, he extends his leg for no real reason, and he kicks Josh Perkins directly in the face. Josh Perkins breaks his jaw because of this, and he misses the entire 2014-15 season. Because of that, he ended up getting a medical redshirt, uh, and Silas Melson, who was supposed to redshirt in that 14-15 season, had to burn his redshirt, and they ended up using him. So let's kind of go through what could have happened if Josh Perkins doesn't get kicked in the face and he plays that full season. That 2015 team absolutely needed 
a backup point guard to Kevin Pangos because they were essentially using Kyle Dranginis, Gary Bell Jr., and then in the uh, you know second half of the season, once he got eligible, they used Eric McClellan, but very sparingly. Kevin Pangos was essentially playing 40 minutes a night, and uh, in that game against Duke in the Elite Eight, you saw that he struggled, and they needed somebody else to step up for them, especially at the point guard spot, and they just didn't have anybody. If Josh Perkins is available, maybe they get a one seed and uh, they don't lose to BYU. Or at the very least, maybe they get a stronger two seed and they don't have to play Duke. But if they do play Duke, maybe they have that extra oomph that they needed to get by Duke and get to their first Final Four at the time. Who knows? I think it's very, very possible. They were right with Duke for 35 minutes in that game. And if Kyle Wilcher makes a layup with about four and a half minutes left and they take the lead, who knows what would have happened. And then in 2016, what if that team had an experienced Josh Perkins with one year under his belt? Probably a much easier time to make the tournament, I would guess. I don't know if they necessarily lose to UCLA and Arizona at home in the first two months of the season. Maybe an experienced Josh Perkins leads them to a victory there. But let's say all of that does happen, and they end up getting an 11 seed, and they play Syracuse again in the NCAA tournament. A more experienced Josh Perkins probably gets them through that game. With fewer turnovers, they probably win, they get to the Elite Eight, and then who knows what happens from there. 2017, to me, is by far the most interesting year. If Josh Perkins shows that he's the point guard of the future back in the 2015 season, backing up Kevin Pangos, and if you remember at the time, his first four games, he was averaging, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game. Like he was an actual major part of the rotation because they believed in him. He was a top 80-ish recruit coming out of Colorado. So let's say Gonzaga believes that he is the point guard of the future after his one good season in 14-15. Do they go after Nigel Williams-Goss in that offseason? Does Nigel Williams-Goss see Josh Perkins and his success after one year and say, nah, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else. If Josh Perkins never gets kicked in the face, Nigel Williams-Goss may have never come to Gonzaga. That is something that's really interesting to think about. And then on Gonzaga's front, maybe they're so invested in Josh Perkins and they think that Silas Melson and Brian Alberts is enough to be on that backup guard line, or they think, hey, let's just get a backup graduate transfer to back up Josh Perkins. Um, you know, that seems unlikely, but it's super, it's not, you know, that far-fetched. But let's pretend, again, like everything is the same. Gonzaga plays North Carolina in that national championship game in 2017 with Nigel Williams-Goss. Does a third-year Josh Perkins play better than second-year Josh Perkins did? I don't know how much, I mean, he played pretty darn well in the first half of that game, but maybe third-year Josh Perkins doesn't turn the ball over a couple times to start that second half. All they needed in that game was one or two more plays, and they hoisted trophy the first for the for the first time in school history, easy for me to say. And then comes 2018, which was Silas Melson's senior year, but it was supposed to be Josh Perkins' senior year originally. How does all of this affect recruiting if they knew Josh Perkins was going to be gone after 2018, what does Gonzaga's roster look like in 2019 if Silas Melson was a senior and Josh Perkins had graduated? They would have Zach Norvell and Silas Melson essentially playing the exact same position. They'd still have, you know, Rui Hachimura. They'd have Brandon Clark. They would have a great forward line. Killian Tilly still there. 
Um, but their guard line would be thin. You know who the two guys were that they were recruiting going into that 2018-2019 season who would have been freshmen? You guys remember Brandon Williams, guy who ended up going to Arizona twice, went to Arizona, decommitted from Arizona, almost went to Gonzaga, and then went back to Arizona? He was a freshman that year. He could have come to Gonzaga. You know who else was a freshman that season? Andrew Nemhard, the other guy that Gonzaga just missed out on. Wouldn't that be something? If Josh Perkins never got kicked in the face, they go maybe a little bit harder after Andrew Nemhard. Nemhard doesn't see that Perkins is still on that roster for another season, and Andrew Nemhard is a Gonzaga Bulldog back in 2019 instead of 2021. That would be crazy. At the very least, that 2019 team would probably be worse without Josh Perkins, and they had Silas Melson instead. They would not be Duke and Maui. They probably are not a number one seed, and this is no knock on Silas Melson. They just don't have a true point guard. Uh, but no matter how good Rui and Brandon Clark were that season, I think most importantly in this entire hypothetical, there's no way Josh Perkins ever breaks the all-time Gonzaga assist record if he never gets kicked in the face because he'll be a backup his entire freshman year as opposed to being a four-year starter. But I will say... That 2015 team would have absolutely 100% been better off with a healthy Josh Perkins and very, very possibly could have made a Final Four. And once you're in the Final Four, you know, who the heck knows? You can win the whole thing. I think Gonzaga overall is probably in a better spot because of what happened. Um, But the domino effect is really, really interesting to think about, especially the Nigel Williams-Goss recruitment because it's possible... They don't go after him as hard, and it's possible Nigel Williams-Goss doesn't uh, think as highly of Gonzaga if Josh Perkins shows out in his first season. And the possibility that they could have landed Andrew Nemhard as a freshman if Josh Perkins had graduated when he was supposed to graduate. And there you have it. There's enough of that hypothetical. We are going to come back on Thursday. Reminder, there's no show tomorrow. We're going to come back on Thursday, and we're going to do another one. Another what if, and this question is, what if Zach Norvell comes back for his junior season? Remember, he left early after a sophomore year in 2019. What if he comes back for the 2020 season? What kind of domino effect does that have for Gonzaga? Also on Thursday, we're going to recap the rest of the MLB draft, see where Alec Jacob and possibly others end up going. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today on the podcast, this is Shohei Otani's world. We are all just living in his greatness. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please, please, please leave us a five-star rating. You can follow me on Twitter at SCARGO. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show with a what if you would like me to talk about, that would be awesome. You could do so at lockedonzags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday. No show tomorrow. We will see you back here Thursday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.